0: Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. Where can you get the best medical information anytime, anywhere? Right here on The Smartest Doctor in the Room. I'm your host, Dr. Dean Mitchell. This podcast strives to bring you the most interesting and relevant medical news right to your favorite listening device or YouTube channel. Note, this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not intended as personal medical advice. For that, please check with your trusted healthcare professional. Today is a solo podcast. I guess I'm going to be the smartest doctor in the room where usually it's my guests. but I really wanted to discuss a very important medical article that was just published in a top journal uh called Cell. Now, the article is titled Serotonin Reduction in Post-Acute Sequela of Viral Infection. And you'll see why it really applies to a lot of things, but especially uh, long-haul COVID. The article was mainly uh, authored by over 40 researchers at the University of Pennsylvania's Perelman School of Medicine, a very prestigious academic center. Uh, It's quite a long article, but the one thing that really struck me, which I think is so important, was a graphic showing the mechanism of what is going on in these long COVID patients. And I'll, I'll get into more of the details. So I thought it's so important. This is the type of thing that I share with my patients when I see them in the office or I do a Zoom consultation. And I'm really hoping that I will get a really good video with this graphic uh, to really help people understand the mechanism of what's going on. The paper focused on you know, the findings in long-haul COVID. And, you know, COVID's been going on now for over three years. And, of course, the most devastating issues are the patients that have long-haul COVID um, who are really suffering and very similar to chronic fatigue syndrome. So this information that I'm going to be discussing today is probably also very relevant to patients that have chronic fatigue syndrome, whether it's due to Epstein-Barr or other infectious causes and even possibly chronic Lyme. Now, what really caught my eye, as I mentioned, was looking at this really interesting graphic that's on the front of the article. And to me, as a little bit of an immunology techie, it really brought out with beautiful simplicity the mechanism of what is going on. So that's what I want to go to into uh, detail. Now, just so you know, also, too, when I, I am going to go through a bunch of things here, But a lot of this is my personal opinion. You know, academic people produce results, but then it really is up to the clinician to apply those results. And unfortunately, some of these applications can take years, even a decade, and I'm not willing to wait with my patients that are suffering to apply the latest knowledge. So let's get into it. The issue really is, and this is an important distinction, chronic infection Versus chronic inflammation, and I think people get so confused with this, with so many uh, viral illnesses, even COVID, and uh, and Lyme disease. Now we are now very familiar that COVID essentially affects or infects patients uh, through the nose as a as a respiratory um, transmitted virus, and then of course it goes through throughout the body. And we also know obviously from this pandemic that it's highly contagious and it spreads to close contacts of ours within within a few days. But this is where the distinction comes in. You know, Patients that are suffering with long COVID, as we pretty much know, are not infectious. Meaning if you meet someone who's got long COVID, they can't give you COVID. And so it really didn't make sense that these patients that were told had a chronic COVID infection actually have virus that's constantly reproducing. It's not. And here's where it gets a little bit technical, but it's, I think, so important. The paper shows, again, in this uh, graphic, that from intestinal biopsies that were done, They found in the patients that were suffering with long COVID versus controls, patients who had had COVID but not the long-haul symptoms, that there were fragments of RNA in these patients' tissue. So the question is, if the virus isn't alive, how is it causing these long COVID symptoms of fatigue, brain fog, and many other strange symptoms? Now the group at Penn showed a couple of really important things and what was happening at a what we call a cellular level the quote dead virus this this viral dna that's sitting in the cells of the long covid patients activates a signal in the immune system that then causes it to release a cytokine called interferon cytokines you know just to translate are essentially immune hormones and they tend to tell the body that you know, uh, an infection is going on, but again, it's almost like the um, you know with these fragments of RNA, it's mimicking infection, and so the body is going into infection fighting mode, and this essentially is a false alarm. I mean, it's almost in some ways like an auto-inflammatory condition, and I believe this is a very important thing as to why the patients feel sick when you have when you even get an acute. Uh, um, infection, especially from a virus, interferon increases, and that's what makes you feel lousy, but it also plays a role in helping your body fight the infection. But in these patients, the infection really is no longer active, and with the interferon constantly being released, they feel horrible. Now, the next part of the diagram, which is so important, shows that when the interferon goes To the um, intestinal uh, tissue, you know, along your gut, it does certain signaling that prevents the body uh, from absorbing uh, the amino acid tryptophan. Tryptophan is the amino acid that eventually gets formed into serotonin. Now, most people have heard of serotonin because they, they hear about serotonin uptake inhibitors that are used in anxiety and depression. But serotonin is an extremely important um, you know, gut hormone as well as in the brain, but it's actually five times more prevalent in the gut. And again, a huge key finding in the study by this group from Penn was that the patients with long covid had low serotonin levels compared to the the quote normal subjects who had had COVID but did not have long haul symptoms, and I think this could have we'll discuss in in a few minutes a lot of implications therapeutically, which I think is really important. You know, serotonin we know has uh, very important effects on cognition, and and again, actually in this graph in this uh, graphic it shows how the serotonin. Affects something called the vagus nerve. Now, if you're a follower of my podcast, you know I've done two really important podcasts on the importance of the vagal nerve in the vagus nerve in affecting the immune system in many illnesses, and this is just being you know really expanded upon. And again, this is something I'm going to get into in my Dr. Mitchell theory of how patients with long haul COVID or any type of uh, post uh, acute and chronic viral infection might benefit from a therapeutic intervention. The last finding I want to mention, because again, this has been found in this group study and in the prior studies, is lower cortisol levels. Now, cortisone, cortisol is produced by the adrenal glands. It's kind of like an ignored gland in our body. There doesn't seem to be a lot of specialists in the adrenal gland, but it's such an important gland. It's you know, it's the gland that produces the hormones such as epinephrine, which is our fight or flight hormone. It produces cortisol, which is our stress hormone. And to know that these patients have lower levels of cortisol is telling me that essentially their adrenal glands are fatigued. If you want to call it adrenal insufficiency, there's a lot of medical terms for it, but essentially the adrenal gland is pooped out. And again, there are ways that I use in my office to try to boost the adrenal gland. So again, the patients, you know, try to retain their vitality. So with all of these findings that we're going to provide with the graphic, um, I want to go into, and this is Dr. Mitchell's multi-pronged strategy to address the underlying cause of the inflammation and correction of the deficiencies. Now, as I mentioned earlier on, I'm not an academic, I'm a clinician. I work on the front line, you know, dealing with patients that have these issues. And, you know, I sometimes like to make the analogy to my patients that with these complex illnesses that I see, a lot of times I'm working in the dark. It's a dark room and I have a flashlight and I'm looking in any corner that I can to find uh, a pathway uh, to health. So let's go through my multi-pronged plan for patients now based on these findings with uh long haul COVID or any kind of chronic inflammatory condition, you know, due to a virus or, you know, something like Lyme disease. So the first part would be to block the inflammation. Remember, these are patients, whether it's COVID or maybe even Epstein-Barr or some other virus uh, which is no longer actively replicating, but sending a signal to the immune system, which is releasing that interferon. Now, how do we calm down that inflammation? Well, one of the ways that I've used, based on my immunology background in the practice, is low dose gamma globulin intramuscular injections. The gamma globulin does a lot of unique things, as I explained to my patients. It essentially coats the cells so they're um, no longer being seen as cells that are in an inflamed state that the immune system has to go into high gear. The other benefit of the gamma globulin is that it actually boosts your immunity. So you're not more prone to infections. Actually, you're more protected from infections. So this is really important, essentially shutting down that that chronic inflammation that's going on. And as we'll see in the next part of my uh, program that it also will help hopefully stabilize the serotonin production. Now, when we talk about these low serotonin levels, how do we build up the serotonin levels in the body, which are probably causing the brain fog and the fatigue? Well, I mean, fortunately, we do have medications, you know, certain SSRIs such as Prozac, Zoloft, Lexapro, that all have a very good safety profile. And again, I think it's worth considering these patients who also understandably, can become depressed after being sick for so long, to use a low dose of this to help replenish the serotonin. Um, the other thing on a more natural level is replacing with five uh, hydroxytryptophan, you know, an amino acid precursor that's a natural supplement you can get over the counter that also you may want to take to try to build up the serotonin levels. Another component which we talked about is how the low serotonin affects the vagus nerve. And as again, I talked about in a prior podcast, the importance of the vagus nerve in our immune system. There's really an exciting new device called GammaCore that actually can be used to stimulate the vagus nerve. And it's really, it looks like a little electric razor and you just put it up against your neck for two minutes on each side twice a day. And uh, this is really a whole, as I mentioned in that other podcast, a whole new field of really um, electric medicine. Uh, and it's extremely safe. There's really no side effects. So again, this combination seems to be really helpful and the final thing I just want to address and mention is that the low cortisol levels in these patients which again I think is due to adrenal fatigue and in that case again I'm not adverse to giving a patient low dose um, cortisone because essentially their body is not producing physiological cortisone to help with all the metabolism that they need so, I think that's a reasonable thing to do. The other thing, too, which we do in our office, is the IV vitamin therapy with high dose vitamin C. I mean, vitamin C has been shown to help what I call essentially reinflate the adrenal glands, they help produce more vitamin C, um, you know, or uh, you're able to absorb it better. So, I, I think that's an extremely important component as well. So, my final thoughts. On this whole thing is that, again, I wanted to share with you this really important article. That's what I like to do with my patients when something comes out. And I think to me, it, it gives a lot of hope for patients that have been suffering with long COVID and post viral infections that have really at the, to this point, you know, struggled uh, without a whole lot of hope. Um, again, as I mentioned, for the, the final time, I'm not an academic researcher, but I'm a cl- clinician And I think a lot of the things I've proposed are very reasonable to do and can hopefully uh, give patients a much better quality of life. So um, again, I hope to post this on my website and to get to a video on this to keep you informed. If you have any questions, please email us at care at Mitchell Medical Group, and we'll do the best we can to answer uh, each of your questions.